dispatch. And they got it. And they got it in the dispatch. This win was everything 2020 needed and more. They have plunged. We have big things coming in 2021. My name's Maddie. My name's Charlotte Payne. This is Locker Room Ladies. Go Canes. It's the offseason, but you guys know the NFL. There's always something to talk about. Today, she is Maya Shaka. The basketball all-star break is over, so Maddie and I have a very special guest to break it down and give you our mid-season award projections. Plus, it's quarterback musical chairs this offseason. Who's going where? And bats, balls, and injury bugs are flying around baseball stadiums all over Florida and Arizona. Welcome back to Locker Room, ladies. I'm Charlotte. I'm Maddie. Thanks for joining us. Today is March 11th, and on this day in sports history, in 2020, a year we'll probably all never forget, this is the day where the NBA suspended its 2019-2020 season until further notice. After Utah Jazz Center Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID-19. I can't believe that was a year ago, Charlotte. I feel like I've accomplished so much and so little in that time period. I feel like that was another universe. I feel like that didn't happen, but in the moment it was so long and painstaking. And it seems like also it was just yesterday that the NBA shut down and everything else was following suit very soon after. March Madness went away shortly after, and it was just weird. It was it was almost like the Twilight Zone when sports went away for a bit. It was so weird. And I remember we got two spring breaks and I thought that was so lit. And then all of a sudden graduation's canceled. And now I'm here. <laughs> I was oh, like, no. yes, two spring breaks. Okay, no March Madness, whatever. We have two spring breaks. And then, no, it was Little not at all. Little did you know. Little did we know. Damn. Well, a lot has happened. A lot of good things have happened, Maddie. And one great thing that's happened is Maya Shaka, the first African-American woman was named a referee, an official in the National Football League. Maya Shaka is our woman of the week. The NFL made the announcement this past Friday. And let's just let's just tell you guys a little bit about her. She's super cool. She's actually a physical education teacher at the Renaissance Academy in Virginia Beach. Yeah, she's been participating in sports for as long as I could read on the internet. And she's been participating in the NFL's officiating development program, which I think Sarah Thomas touched on a little bit. Like maybe there are going to be some more women coming up in this field. Um, But she's been doing that. Maya's been doing that since 2014 while also officiating at the college level. So she's no stranger to being in in that arena that high pressure arena and being probably one of the only women in the room. I think it's so awesome to see another woman join the NFL officiating team. Like you said, Sarah did touch on that. And we talked about that when I spoke with her. And this is just an awesome step. And it's so cool to see someone else paving the way. And there's more people I'm sure behind her waiting to get their shot. It's a amazing accomplishment coming off of Black History Month just past this past February and then coming into Women's History Month here in March to kind of have the great coupling of the two in Maya Shaka. I think that's a great storyline and I can't wait to see what she does in this football season. And there's a lot going on this offseason, Maddie. Not just Maya. We'll definitely be looking out for her when the season starts. I'll definitely watch the first game she 
officiates. Because that'll just be really cool to see. It's awesome. I always love seeing women on the field. And it's just awesome to see more of them. Totally. But yes, Charlotte, you did. You touched on this. It's the offseason, but a lot of NFL teams are making moves. Yeah. And the Washington football team is the first one we should talk about because Alex Smith this past season said he thought that the Washington football team didn't want him to be there. They saw him as a liability. So now here we are a whole year later. Are we going to see him back? Probably not. No, they just cut him. And I mean, when I heard that, I was like, oh, oof, he got comeback player of the year. Come on. But I mean, we did see Taylor Heineke come out of nowhere in the playoffs and really show up. So maybe they're just reevaluating and maybe they're thinking in the draft they're going to pick up a quarterback or maybe they think Heineke could be their guy. I'm not sure, but it, it was honestly... I don't maybe it shouldn't have been a shock to me, but I was a little bit surprised whenever I heard the announcement that they were cutting Smith. Maybe Heineke is going to be the next comeback player of the year. Maybe that's they just breed comeback players. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that was pretty magical what he did in the playoffs. So maybe they saw something in him that they like, but it it looks like they don't really know what's going to happen under center over there in D.C. Well, we'll have to wait and find out. Yeah. So speaking of Washington. The other Washington, the one on the West Coast, Seattle, the Seahawks, the drama. What is going on there, Charlotte? Maddie, it's almost like I looked at it and I was like deja vu. We were just talking about Ben Roethlisberger and like a lack of loyalty from your team in the last episode and last week. And now we're seeing some shady stuff going on in Seattle, too. But it almost is kind of the opposite because... I mean, in Pittsburgh, it was very clear that Ben wanted to stay. Ben wanted to play in Pittsburgh again. But in Seattle, it's Russell who doesn't seem to want to stay there. Right. It is a little flip floppy. It it is interesting, though, to see players. Okay, Ben wanted to stay, but it's very interesting to see players in the situation at all. Players who are so fermented in that city, in that team. Why is this happening right now? Oh, yeah. When you think of the Seattle Seahawks, I mean, my automatic thought is Russell Wilson. Exactly. he is the face of that team. And, I mean, I lived in Washington, and they love him there. They worship the guy. I mean, he he's one of the owners of the Seattle Sounders. I, I really feel like he's such a baller in that city. I don't even have a preference towards the Seahawks, and I like Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. There's been some rumors surrounding this. I don't believe Russell has requested an official trade yet, but there have been some whispers of maybe the Bears, maybe the Saints, maybe the Raiders. But, I mean, looking at that, The Saints have no money. When I say no money, I mean the Saints are the second highest over the cap in the NFL. They are 31st in cap space, and they are almost $32 million over the cap right now. So they need to get way under. And and that's actually new. A couple of days ago, that number was closer to $60 million over the cap. So it looks like they've already reworked some things. So I think it's going to be tough to not only get under the cap at all, but to get under the cap and then be able to pay a quarterback as elite as Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson 
has been with this. Okay, there's a loyalty to your team. Your city loves you. You love your city. Your kids grow up there. But at the end of the day, you want to be the best at what you do. And what is that? What is the definition of the best? I'm sure it's all relative. Depends on who you ask. But I'm sure if you ask Russell Wilson, he would say, I want to win a Super Bowl. I need to get to that point and I can't get there right now with this team. And I've seen that. I can't get there. So maybe I can get there with the the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, um, yeah, maybe in some world. <laughs> I think the Saints may be a better option. But like I said, I just don't think they're going to be able to pay him. Uh, and I've yeah. also heard Raiders, but I don't know. I haven't heard any interest from the Raiders in that scenario. So I don't know. That'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a storyline to watch. But we've already seen some moves happen. I mean, the free agency trades can't happen officially in for a couple more days, but teams are already doing their unofficial. Let's let's Yeah, they're behind closed doors stuff. (laughs) They're unofficially making things happen and it'll all go into effect officially in a few days here on March 17th. But a little St. Patrick's Day football extravaganza. (laughs) Yes. So some of the things that have already been in the works, the Eagles sent Carson Wentz over mm. to Indianapolis. He's going to be they a sent cult. him pack in. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. So he he was really set to be their franchise guy. I mean, yeah. they gave him a boatload of money and they really put all their eggs in Carson Wentz's basket. And that really did not go well for the Eagles. So, I mean, we just saw them struggle. I was watching them last year and thinking it is so hard to believe this team was a Super Bowl team two, three years ago. I mean, what was that? It was just painful almost to watch the Eagles sometimes last season. (laughs) I think think it's honestly like he's not old. How old is Carson Wentz? Like he's not that old. He's how old is he? I'm actually I mean, now. Colts need a quarterback. He's 28 years old, and he wants to go where opportunities are. If the oper- he's not married to any particular city, and we see with guys like Russell Wilson, you're not married to a city, even if you've been there forever. Carson Wentz just is going where the opportunities are, and if well, he I believes just don't that think the Eagles wanted him anymore, I mean, maybe, maybe it's that's a, the situation. But I feel like also he didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also another thing. So the Colts needed a quarterback. They they did. That's the bottom line. They had Philip Rivers. He got him to the playoffs, but he decided to retire. And so so they they're addressing a need. I mean, they had Andrew Luck retire not long ago. And now Philip Rivers came in and played pretty well last season, but he's out. So I think the Colts saw an opportunity. Is Carson Wentz going to be the guy to get them a Super Bowl ring? I'm not so sure. I haven't been impressed with him from what I've seen yeah. lately, but we'll see. Yeah, Speaking I don't think another- he's going to be their Super Bowl answer, but I think he'll <laughs> definitely be able to blo- like bloom a little bit more there. Speaking of another quarterback I'm not totally sold on, as I've said <laughs> multiple times, Matthew Stafford. He's going to L.A. in a trade between the Rams and the Lions. The Lions got Jared Goff and the Rams got Matt Stafford. That's interesting. So I think... The Rams gave a lot on that trade. It definitely yes. seems like they're going all in on Matt Stafford. But the Lions, I don't know. I don't know if Jared Goff is going to be their guy or if they're going to draft someone and have him be the backup. 
I think in the Matthew Stafford situation, he just didn't have what he needed in Detroit. Like he he's a high caliber athlete and he needed more superior weapons to be able to do his thing. And, and I, I think, think he's going to get that more in LA than he would have in Detroit. And I think that's what the Rams were thinking too during that deal. I mean, they definitely saw something in him that they thought he's worth a lot and worth something that they thought he's worth something. So, I mean, we'll see how that plays out. I think the NFC West is going to be an interesting division to watch this coming season for sure. But moving back over to the AFC. Ooh. Well, Maddie, thankfully for you, we spoke on it last week. We touched on it today. Big Ben, it's official. He's back. And with Big Ben's return, that puts the Steelers under the cap. So shout out to Omar Khan. The Steelers were not in a good situation (laughs) with their salary cap earlier on. But now they're $6 million under the cap, which is a major improvement. I love to see them in the black. Um, All of these cap numbers, by the way, are according to overthecap.com. So... I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think they definitely were able to pull something off with Big Ben. He clearly wants to be there. He clearly wants to keep playing. So I'm happy to see that they were able to work something out. However, we have another player in the Steelers making headlines. He's not under center like all the other guys we're talking about, but Juju Smith-Schuster. He's saying that he wants to come back to Pittsburgh, but can they afford him? It's not looking so good. Well, I also saw a couple things. I don't know if there's any veracity to this, but I did see that he was saying, allegedly, it is unlikely that he would even accept an offer. Well, I just don't think that they're going to be able to pay him as market value, basically, because that's what it comes down to. I just don't think he's going to be able to get his market value from Pittsburgh. I mean, you look at the weapons that Pittsburgh has on in the wide receiver position. I mean, they have Chase Claypool. He just finished an outstanding rookie season. You got Deontay Johnson. Yeah, he had that rough case of the drops, but if he can hold on to the ball, he's dangerous. And then, I mean, we have James Washington, who I think is underutilized. So I don't know if... The Steelers are going to prioritize Juju. It certainly doesn't sound that way. It seems like if they're going to try to get any of their free agents back, it looks like Bud Dupree on defense is going to be the priority there. I just don't know. I can't imagine the Steelers without Juju now. It's going to be weird, but I just just don't think that he is going to take less than he's worth or a lot less than he's worth. Because it's not even the Steelers. I don't even think that the offer is going to be competitive, truthfully. Maddie, what if Juju went to the Browns? What would you do? Cry. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I I mean, in the question of Juju Smith-Schuster, where do you think he would go? I'm just curious to see what a Steelers fan has to say. I think he'd go west. Seems like that's a, a theme here. I just think that because Juju's from California, he went to USC, he's a California boy. I think there's potential in Las Vegas. They have some cap space and then maybe even the Chargers. 
they have a whole lot of cap space. And what they're building with Justin Herbert could be really sexy really soon. So I think Juju could fit in pretty well there, actually. The personality would be amazing. Oh, yeah. I think he'd be happy to be back in Los Angeles for sure. And I'm sure that he'd like to be close to family. And he's from California. He went to USC. I'm sure he has a lot of friends and family in the area. So I think it could be a good fit. Like I said, he said that he wants to stay a Steeler, but I just don't foresee Pittsburgh being able to give him the money he deserves. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think he is definitely worth, I mean, I think their priority was was Ben. In I think terms it's of Dupree. I, I mean, the, the Steelers haven't shown Ben as a priority. Bud Dupree, on the other hand, Kevin Colbert has said on numerous occasions that they'd like to see Bud Dupree back in Pittsburgh, and he is going to be expensive. So I think any of that cap space, the Steelers are able to wiggle around is going to go to Bud. It's not going to be towards Juju. I mean, we'll see. And I'm kind of a little bit selfishly hoping that Bud Dupree's market value drops a little bit because he did leave the season early with an injury last season. So I'm hoping that maybe the Steelers can save a couple bucks and get him back. Because I'd like to see him with TJ Watt again. I think it's a great duo. And I think the Steelers' defense has a lot to offer. It's the offense they need to work on. So I'm hoping that they get Bud Dupree and then focus their draft on the offense, really. Yeah, we'll see. Well, Maddie, let's bring it to... Let's go to Texas. Yeah. If you don't mind. Our last last quarterback we're going to discuss today, we got Houston, Texas. Deshaun Watson, the saga continues. Mm-hmm. He's Charlotte, he's trying to hop on the first flight out of Houston. To Seattle, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I, I have no clue, but Deshaun Watson is so is so unhappy in Texas. He is not hiding it whatsoever, but the Texans nah. are being so stubborn. So stubborn. They do not want to let him go. But my thing is like, yes, I understand the argument where you can't, oh, you can't let the players run your team. But my thing is like, you're paying this guy millions of dollars. Why do you want to pay someone who clearly does not want to work for you? Well, I mean, my dad told me a good quote years ago, and he said, work sucks so bad. That's why they have to pay you to do it. Now, I'm not saying that it sucks to be an NFL athlete to be a professional athlete but if you get paid to do something and chances are most average people would say well I don't want to do it but they pay me so I don't know I I just hate that he's complaining about it but I get it if you're not happy where you are make try to make a change but like that's actually a great point because he's getting paid more than I could ever dream of and he is just complaining. You're right. Like he In a is pandemic, so like, come on. <laughs> yeah. So many people lost their job and are struggling to feed their families. And he's complaining <laughs> because he's not winning Super Bowl rings in Houston. But also, I mean, on the other side of the same coin, what's the highest accolade as a professional athlete in the NFL? You want to win a Super Bowl. You're right. You're right. But I mean, you I want think the what checks, you said, but- Charlotte, I think that that did give me some perspective because... 
I was kind of on the side. Well, I'll just let him go. Just let him go. And and maybe they should. But I I think that is some good perspective. Like he is complaining a lot for a guy who's making millions of dollars to play Mm -hmm. the sport that he's been playing forever and loves to play. Mm-hmm. Like if if I were to complain and hate my job every single day, I'm I would probably want to get out of there, but I'm not making millions and millions of dollars. So I feel like it would be valid for me to want to make a change and go make bubkiss somewhere else. But he I mean, maybe just maybe like in the context of his salaries, maybe it is fair for him to complain because maybe he'd be getting paid just as much, even more somewhere else and be happy. I think you are. Okay, my mom made a really good point after we discussed the All-Star game because we mentioned that the NBA players were mad because they only got 70 days off. She was like, what other job (laughs) besides school teachers gets 70 days off? That's That's crazy. That's facts, but also they're not like – it's not as physically taxing on their bodies. I mean, I I guess 70 days – 70 days that's honestly i didn't think about it like that but i get i get it that's what i mean so i think sometimes we forget how privileged these athletes are to be Mm -hmm. making the kind of money that they are and and not saying that that they didn't work their asses off to get there and that they, they absolutely they deserve did. it. Yeah. Yeah. And they and then they may not have always had the privilege that they have now, but any professional athlete is doing a hell of a lot better than most people in terms of the financial situation. Totally. And you're being protected. You have a team of doctors if anything ever happens. You have all these benefits. You have sponsorships, sponsorships on top of the salary. Even if you're like a low grade athlete you're still getting money and you're still, you still have access to healthcare. If you need it, you have like everything you need right in front of you. Do these guys, and most have, of these guys have been playing the sport for 20 years. Lives. They started off playing as a little tot and now they're just doing what they like. I started playing soccer when I was a kid and I'm not a professional soccer player. Yeah. But, I, I mean, just, that's because I, I wasn't think, very good. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, I, I just think you did bring out a good point. He's, he's making a lot of money to be so unhappy as an NFL quarterback. There's only 32 people in the world that are starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, and you're one of them, buddy. That's true. And what are there, 7 billion people in the world? The odds of you being an NFL starting quarterback are so slim. To complain about it, I think, is just like... I mean, I definitely believe that the teams should show the every athlete with respect, but I think the least Absolutely. the players can do is show their teams mutual respect. I think... They're yes, they they are making a lot of money, but they are the the reason the teams are making money are because of their players. So I think they deserve a certain degree of respect. But he absolutely, I, I don't know. He's definitely being very public, and I think maybe that's kind of why the Texans are digging their heels in the ground a little bit because maybe they don't like the way he's going about it. Maybe it should have been more of an internal matter because he's just basically been trash talking the Texans. Yeah, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if he's really, really, truly unhappy where he is, maybe there's something else going on that we don't know about. You never know what someone's going through. Well, and the other thing, though, I kind of get why the Texans wouldn't want to let him go because he is such a talent. And if they let him go, one of the other 31 teams that they potentially are going to have to compete against has a chance to has a chance to grab him. 
Yeah, and there are a lot of other teams who might want him. Teams like the Seattle Seahawks. And I mean, I mean, he's not wrong. The Texans organization was absolutely competitive and and good for a while. And then just all of a sudden, he literally fell off a cliff and have been doing awful. So I mean, maybe I guess he's frustrated I'll give him the benefit that. of the doubt. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. There's a yeah, lot. I mean, going there's on. a lot of sides to see. Like you said, Charlotte, there there is a lot to look at in this situation, and I think it's hard to speak on it because we don't know exactly truly both sides. And I mean, also add on just the stress of this past season and and this year even too. There's a lot of stressors. Just you walk outside and there's something to be stressed about. So maybe there is something bigger than what we all know going on. But yeah, I mean, I, we'll see what happens. We'll see if, not. if the Texans give in and we'll just we'll see. Introducing a very special guest, another Brown, another family member, another Maddie Brown family member <laughs> is here with us. Tyler Brown joins us from Alabama and yes. he is a expert. He's an expert in basketball. And we are going to have a little Q&A sesh. Yes. Uh. Tyler, thank you for joining us. Anytime. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I want right. to be back in college, Maddie. <laughs> Tyler is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Roll Tide. Roll Tide. And we're going to chat with him about the NBA midseason awards. He is an expert of sorts, and we're going to see what his predictions are because we're about halfway through the season. We just had the all-star break, and anything can happen, but there are some front runners, mm-hmm. of yep. course. And let's just get right into it. Tyler, you were telling me a bit about what you thought. I mean, we saw Giannis in Milwaukee win MVP for the past two years, but you said you don't think it's gonna. He, you don't think he's gonna do a three peat. No, I. The um, the thing with the NBA is there's a lot of voter fatigue, meaning um, once someone starts to win it a lot, or even one or two times, it's they don't usually get a lot of votes. It's happened with LeBron a lot. LeBron could be arguably be an MVP just about every year when he's healthy. Um, pretty much besides two years ago when he was on the Lakers and he was injured for half the season. But other than that, he doesn't get that many votes. Last year, he was arguably the MVP with Giannis, and he had 16 first-place votes. Um, How many voters are there? I believe it's 100. Maybe 101, just in case it's a 50-50. Well, that makes sense. Why would 100 people want to vote the same guy year in and year out? Yeah, it's, it's just That's it's not exciting happened. for anybody. Curry won two years in a row. He was the first unanimous MVP, and then he had some good years after that, but – Everyone got tired of voting for Curry. Um, Russell Westbrook had a great season. He was averaging a triple-double. And then he had another great season. It wasn't as good as his other season, but it was pretty close. And he didn't get much respect. It's just the voters like to see new faces. And Giannis had two incredible seasons. He's actually having a really good season now. But And there's a lot more into just being the best player in the NBA. Um, Because LeBron's arguably the best player in the MVP NBA the last 10, 15 years, but it's not always the best player. They like to give it to the best player on the best team. And right now, Embiid fits that. Uh, the 76ers are 
one of the best teams in the league. Um, I believe they're leading the the league uh, in the East. Actually, yeah, they are in first right now in the East. They're uh, I think they're a half game up on the Nets, and he's by far the best player on that team, and that's a huge requirement for the MVP. Let's, LeBron lost it to Derrick Rose in 2011 when, again, voter fatigue, and Derrick Rose was the number one player on the number one team, so... But LeBron's having a pretty good season this year too. So you don't you don't think, even though it's been a couple of years since he's um, won, you still don't think he'll get any votes? I think he's going to have to do a little bit more. They're not really winning right now. Um, you got for some reason you have to be one of the top teams, and that's another thing with Nikola Jokic. Um, to me, I think Jokic is the best player in the league right now. Um, he's averaging I think twenty seven and a half with eleven rebounds and I believe seven assists actually eight and a half assists and he's three points lower than Embiid and Embiid's averaging 30 and almost 12 rebounds. So he's averaging three less points, not even a less than a rebound, but he's averaging five more assists than Embiid. He's shooting better from free throw um, from the three point line. He's shooting better for um, true field goal percentage and everything. So I, I don't know how Embiid's the, um, for me, I don't, I don't think Embiid's the number one for MVP. He is on odds and everything. I think Vegas just moved him up to pass LeBron. But who's who's your prediction? Nikola Jokic plays for the Nuggets. Okay, talk about six men of the year because I think that's an interesting award. Tell tell me about what that means to you and who you think that's going to be this this time around. Um, The six men of the year, it's interesting. It's usually the last couple of years, it's been kind of the same faces. Um, Last year, it was pretty close between a couple guys on the same team. Montrez Harrell won it last year. He was the sixth man of the year. He played for the Clippers. And another guy who has won it, I believe, three other times was Lou Williams. He's always a guy who's comes off the bench and averages around 20 points in a game. And he was, I believe he took third last year, but Dennis Schroeder, who's now on the Lakers, took second. And him and Montrez Hill are both on the Lakers now. It's, it's the best player that comes off the bench. It's like so their comeback. It's their sixth like man. So it's not a starter, but it's the best player who comes off of the bench. Now, could that be somebody who was benched, who was like a, a star, like MVP, but then now they're benched and now they could come out a couple years later and win the sixth man award? They could. It's usually, um, you want to have a, a, a good bench. So it's, it's good to have good starters and everything, but the thing with their six man is when you're when LeBron or something's not on the court, you want someone who's going to be able to score. You can give the ball to, and you can be a scorer. It's like um, they have they got two guys, two six men of the year candidates from last year, the six men of the year winner, and now those guys both come off the bench and average great numbers, and they can take LeBron, they can take AD out, and they can still get points and rebounds and everything from those guys. This year, it is I I'm going to go with Jordan Clarkson. He's kind of been He's had a really good year, and I don't see anybody else right now. If he just keeps playing the way he does, take it from him. Uh, he plays for the Utah Jazz, and he's had an incredible year for the, for them. Yeah, I mean, listen, like I was thinking about it too, like in the context of the six man of the year, it is kind of like a bullpen in that you need consistent backup. Like you need to have, in the event that LeBron gets injured, you need to have that guy who's going to be able to step up and be your guy. Yeah. I mean, it's just – you can't, your best players can't play it for the entire game, right? So you need someone who's going to score points 
And the, that's who the Lakers went out and got. They got two guys who they know are going to come off the bench and they're going to be productive. That's your sixth man. You just, you just know that person's going to be productive. And um, it's probably going to be Jordan Clarkson. Um, I love an underdog story just in general too. And it seems like they don't, there, there isn't a negative connotation with the, the six man. Like that's actually a high accolade. Yeah. Even, even the most improved players is an award that it doesn't mean you were bad. It just means you got so much better, better than you were than you do the year before. So right. th- that, that award's interesting this year because I, right now I think it's Julius Randall for the Knicks mostly because he's having a really good year and everything. He, he was a good player but he was a good player on some bad teams. But now he's playing for the Knicks and they're actually fighting for a playoff spot this year. They're currently the fifth seed um, at the halfway point. So, I mean, if they can get in a playoff spot and he keeps playing well, I think he should be the most improved player. There's other guys out there. Jeremy Grant, who was a starter last year for the Nuggets, had a really good year, but... He just he wasn't that guy, and he knew he could be better on a different team with you know not with all the weapons that surrounded him last year, and he went to the Pistons, and now he's having an incredible year. So there's a lot of guys who have that chance for most improved player. Chris Boucher, even for the Raptors, he's cooled off a little bit, but he's been really good for them. It's just guys who were good players, but all of a sudden stepped up that superstar role like last year, like Brandon Ingram did for the Pelicans. He was a good player, but he got traded to a new team and it was, that was all he needed really. What are you thinking for defensive player? Uh, Defensive player of the year. It's probably right now between who's usually the, the guy whose name always thrown around that Rudy Gobert and, um, Simmons, Ben Simmons for the talked about Rudy Gobert a little bit earlier because a year ago today, Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID and they shut down the NBA the rest of the season and the world stopped. So Rudy Gobert is back in the conversation. Yes. In a different way. Yeah. For a very different reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's um he was actually an all-star this year, which is his first time. And he's just he's always soon as he came up in the league, he's always been the defensive guy, gets a lot of blocks, rebounds. It's just, that's what he does. Good defensive player. Um, So his name's always thrown in the ring. Giannis won last year, actually. He beat Rudy. So he won MVP and defensive player last year. Has that ever happened before? Yeah. um, I believe so. LeBron almost did in, I believe, 2013 for the Heat. It was actually a very interesting thing where um, NBA voting is weird. He won MVP. Or, no, he was on the first team for defense. He was NBA first team defense, all first team. And Marcus Saul won the defensive player of the year award and did not get on the NBA first team. So it didn't really make sense that he was given the best player, the best defensive player in the league, but he didn't make the all NBA defensive team. So let's let's switch gears a bit, if you will. If okay. the season ended today. Okay. What are we thinking of the playoff picture? What are we thinking it's going to look like come championship time? Uh, it's very interesting because the, the probably the most dangerous team to come out of the East is the Nets. And right now 
they Durant's hurt and they just signed a pretty big name. Blake Griffin just signed with the Nets. And so he hasn't played a game with them. So we have no idea how he's going to gel with that team. Um, but again, if this, if you said the season ended today, the Lakers don't have AD right now. Um, but if everyone's healthy, is if you're going with, I, I think the team that comes out of the East is the Nets and the team that comes out of the West, I probably, I think it's the Lakers still. So interesting. You don't think the Sixers are going to hold their lead? No. I mean, they're, they have the same amount of wins. The Sixers have one less loss, but I'm pretty sure Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are still in protocol. I don't know when their next game is, but they both missed the All-Star game. Um, Durant missed the All-Star game. There was a lot of people who didn't play in the All-Star game. Durant's been hurt, um, but Embiid and Simmons both were for COVID protocol and stuff. Um, Embiid was a starter for Durant's team. Durant was a starter, obviously, for his team, and they both didn't play. Uh, Ben Simmons actually was on the team LeBron. He didn't play. So there was a couple guys who actually had to get brought in for the All-Star game. Devanna Sabonis. was I'm pretty sure he came on as a reserve for to technically replace Durant, but he was on team LeBron because they do the reserves. It's a, it's a draft. So there's two captains and they draft everybody. It, um, so it was team LeBron team Durant and Durant was drafting people, even though he wasn't going to play, which was interesting. interesting. Yeah, I don't know why he was the captain. I mean, he's had a really good year. He's been great, but he was in protocol for a little while and he's been hurt. He hasn't, I don't, I don't know. They, I guess they just didn't want to give it to Giannis again. So I, I have no idea why he was the captain just because he's been hurt. And I guess they could have given it to him bead, but it was, uh, Zion actually got the start because Embiid was out. So I'm pretty sure he started at center for them, for that team. Um, interesting. Devin Booker, who's, it was, a uh, they were talking about the biggest all-star snubs. Devin Booker made the all-star game with an injury and everything, but he's, he's had such a good year. I, I don't know how he doesn't become an, an all-star. It's it's kind of weird all star because it's voting and everything like fans. But Devin Booker was the best player on his team, and Chris Paul was an all star, and they're they're on the same team. I mean, Chris Paul is Chris Paul. He's been that guy for so long now, but I don't think he deserved to be an all star over Devin Booker. So interesting. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Kind of got, he kind of got grandfathered in a little bit. That seems to be, I mean, he's very valuable to his team, definitely. Um, just leadership-wise, that you can't show leadership in stats. But I don't know. I mean, Devin Booker is averaging I'm 25 points, I think, a game right now. Let me see. Uh, 24.9 points a game. And, I mean, this ball is not going to be your go-to scorer. Like your your leading score on your team, he's averaging 16. He shoots a high percentage though, um, and 
he gets, he has a lot more assists that we'll give that to him. He's, he works the ball more, but I just think Devin Booker is, if you had to go with one or the other, I think it should have been Devin Booker, but that's not usually how it works. I just, I don't know how Devin Booker got snubbed again. Interesting. So I will be very curious to see how many of your pr- predictions come through once the awards come out. And I'll be really interested to see if it is Nets and Lakers. We'll have to have you back on for sure around the end of the season. A hundred percent. Yeah, sounds good. I, mean, I picked Jokic to win the MVP before the season started. And I had um, a couple other picks. I thought LaMelo was going to be the rookie of the year and Julius Randle is going to be most improved player. So right now it's looking good for that, but yeah, let's, well it's interesting to see. We still have a half left of basketball. All right. So we'll definitely touch back with you and we'll have you back in the, in the next half. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thanks so much, Tyler, for joining us. You clearly know your shit. So thank you so much for educating us and, and bringing mm-hmm. a new perspective to the table for our listeners. I'll be looking out for who you pick, see how they do. Sounds good. Thank you guys for having me. We talked football. We talked basketball. Now it's time for baseball. America's favorite pastime. So there's actually a lot going on off the field, specifically in the Yankee organization. Aaron Boone just came off of a really scary heart surgery. Um, He recovered remarkably well. He was he's back in Tampa. He went went to New York for the surgery and he's doing really well now. So that's a little update. Heart speaking but of heart Zach, surgery. Oh speaking of heart surgery, my dad got heart surgery um on Tuesday and he's also recovering remarkably well. I think it was a little bit more intricate than Aaron Boone's, although I don't know the exact details of his heart surgery like I know my father's, but it's kind of weird that they both got heart surgery in like the same time span of like a couple weeks, like a couple days. Very weird. Like, dad, are you coaching the Yankees? And we don't know about this, <laughs> but he's doing really well and he gets to come home this weekend. So I'm Yay! very excited. Wishing Yay. him a speedy recovery. I love my dad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he's well, doing well. Me too. And I, he'll listen to this and be like, why did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, well, he was talking about the Yankees, so he's in good company. Yeah, he is. Dad, you're right next to uh, Aaron Boone. Isn't that a nice neighbor to have in your heart surgery and the cardiac award? And Zach Britton also. Zach Britton. So he is our... He's been a constant for us, for for us. This is if I play on the Yankees. He's been a constant for the Yankees bullpen since he came out of um, Baltimore, I think it was 2018. He, it was only a matter of time before the Yankee injury bug curse plagued him. And it did. And now he is going to be um, getting surgery on his elbow and he's not, he's probably not going to be back until June. And what does this mean for the Yankees? Probably not anything too terrible. Although it is good to see a consistent, athlete in the bullpen the bullpen needs to be strong and the Yankees have faltered there a lot and I think honestly this is okay timing if this injury were to happen into the season I don't think he would have been able to get the surgery and then come out and perform at a high level on the mound but it's actually crazy because so he's gonna get a surgery he'll probably be he'll probably be back with us 
in June. So we have a little, a couple guys who can fill in for him, Chad Green and Sessa and a couple others. So I think they'll be all right. And these are just exhibition games. So, and I mean, beginning of the season, they'll be all right. They'll, they'll be okay. Baseball really heats up later in the summer anyway. So that gives the Yankees some time. And I mean, the Yankees are not a team that (laughs) has any lack of talent. So I think that they'll, they'll be able to get by for the first two months. I agree. But this is actually really interesting about Zach Britton. So he had COVID. He lost 18 pounds and he said he thinks he got COVID while he was in the hospital and his wife gave birth to their fourth child, which is really, really sad. He lost 18 pounds. So it cost him a couple weeks of throwing. So I wonder, I have to wonder if this guy has been consistently healthy, if this, if this elbow injury has anything to do with maybe just a weakened body a weakened mentality you have to wonder and they're also coming off of just a very weird last season not many games so they don't really have much to go off of so Mm -hmm. I wonder yeah so Charlotte speaking of the Yankees Hmm? guess who just beat them last weekend Maddie I'll let Maddie have her moment (laughs) the Pittsburgh Pirates what? What you say? <laughs> baseball's baseball's bad news bears <laughs> the New York Yankees with the 27 rings? What? Well, I will I will say again. It's like a spring training. It's exhibition games. We put our we put our uh our little guys out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maddie, we'll maybe uh see you again soon. Well, maybe. we have a, we have a few <laughs> we have a few more minutes of this yes, next So game. at the time of recording this, we are actually I think in the probably the top of the ninth now. Ooh, Maddie, you're going to be very disappointed. No. No, no, no. What happened? <laughs> Bases are loaded. Oh. Two outs, bottom of the eighth, and the Yankees are winning six to five. So I doubt we'll see a grand slam right now, but they won't need it. (laughs) But anyway, it's it's just it's fun to watch the the guys you don't get to see play in the regular season. You always see the same lineup. You see the same Lemayu, the the same Mookie Betts, the same whoever it is. It's fun about spring training that you get to see these guys who train. And, and you get to see fun. them, even if yeah. even if it's short lived. It's fun to watch the Pirates beat the Yankees. You know what? We'll let Maddie have it. We'll let Maddie have it. People, <laughs> they we'll don't even play it. each other in the regular season. So just just let me have it. And unless unless miraculously both teams go to the World Series, <laughs> I don't think they're going to be facing off again for a while. No. no. <laughs> Maybe again in spring training. I don't know what their what their slates look like, but <laughs> going forward. But I don't know. Um, I mean, hey, one win and one loss for for the Pirates against the Yankees. Pretty hey, good for it's them. not a loss yet. <laughs> we'll see. When we listen back to this, we'll know, and I'll be like, ah, oh, see, I knew. <laughs> well, also, kind of to uh, change the tone just a little bit, I just want to pay tribute to a baseball great, real Cormier passed away at 53 years old of pancreatic cancer. He is a baseball legend, loved in the baseball sphere in the sports world, played nearly 16 years. He pitched for the Phillies for, I think, six seasons. And he, the baseball world showed a lot of love online. And it's so nice to see when people come together for things like that. 
across all sports. It's always so sad to hear anyone affected with cancer, especially someone who loses their life to it at at such a young age of 53. Yeah. And he's loved in Pennsylvania and he's also Canadian too, which is something that Maddie, Maddie loves her Canadian athletes. (laughs) I do. I do. Chase Claypool, Sidney Crosby. (laughs) What up? And he's just one of many great Canadian athletes who played here in the States and his legacy will forever be embedded in, in baseball and in sports as a whole. Well, on that note, let's send some love to his friends and family and loved ones and everyone affected by this loss and just honor the life he lived and the impact he left on Major League Baseball. Speaking kind of of impacts on Major League Baseball, Maddie and I have some really, really interesting ideas coming up in uh, for episodes in the future. We will be talking about some baseball greats, doing a little history lesson, Maddie. We got some cool history facts, and we're going to share them with you on a very special day in April. Maybe a couple special days. Ooh. Oh. And, and we also want to break down the business at base the business of baseball pretty soon. So look out for that because we have a lot to say about it. But before that, we have March Madness on the horizon after a year off, after a year without the iconic tournament. It's coming back. Selection Sunday this weekend. And I know I I know we keep talking about guests, guests, guests. We had one today. We might have one on next week or next week. So just p- be patient and wait because if you're a Miami Hurricane, you're not gonna want to miss this one. Ooh, I cannot wait, Charlotte. Thank you for listening. As always, please like, subscribe, share, rate us, send us to your friends. Send us to your friends. Send this episode to your friends and let us know what more you want from us. Also, something super excited that we didn't talk about. (laughs) We're releasing merch. If you need a t-shirt, we got you. Oh, oh, oh. We are starting our Locker Room Ladies merchandise line. So look out for that. If there's a shirt that you've been dying to have that you just can't find, let us know. And we have some really fun designs in the works. So look out for that on our socials. Mm Mm-hmm.